Hey everybody, Superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Loveline, episode 455 from June 26th, 1997. A Thursday night show with guest Patrick Dempsey. Now this episode starts already in progress. We have more than half the episode though. This is a newly recovered Kevin tape. At least over 60% of the show intact. Patrick at the time was a neighbor of Adam and agreed to guest on the show after Adam took him out tool shopping and schooled him on some home improvement lessons. And this is Patrick's only new appearance on the show during the Adam Carolla era. Adam, Patrick, and Drew have a solid chemistry. It's too bad he didn't do more episodes. As per usual, for record in 1997, some of the medical advice may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Cathwood on Current Day Loveline. 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. Mahalo and get it on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. Brandon, let's go. Oh, because I want. All right, let me get some details answer. here, uh, Bronco Bill. Yeah, Bronco um, Bill. Did um, did you have uh, intercourse with a friend? Uh, no, not not actually intercourse. What did you do? Uh, more or less, just rolled around and you know, lick, touch, this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. Did uh, uh, did she I, pleasure you orally? No, she she pleasured my wife. Oh, she did. Right, and. Uh, you know, I, I kind of got in there, you know, in the front, I guess. <laughs> uh-huh. I didn't, in the front of your wife. Right. 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 Um, I didn't push her into it. I just made, you know, I had made that suggestion some time ago. Right. And it just so happens to be on my 21st birthday, she invited me into the bedroom with her and her friend. Okay, so it, it wasn't an all-out, I mean, it, it was fairly all-out, but well, you didn't, you didn't actually have sex uh, with the friend. No. Was was your wife already having sex with this woman? Oh, uh, that I couldn't tell you. So this uh, may be actually—he's keeping it hid. This may actually be choice number two, Adam's choice number two, which is she's effed up and sabotaging the relationship, injecting chaos into their relationship. I think if she wants to have sex uh, with your best friend and you, that uh, Patrick. Uh, well, know, maybe what, what about you know maybe she just wants to explore her sexuality. But no, you don't think that's an option. You no. mean you mean with another guy? No, with another woman, and then vice versa. She wants to. It's not something know. people do when they're married. It's 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 not not. Well, they got married very young too, you know. Yeah, there's but part it, of that. It, it it is it is a way. It may be something she's inclined to do. I mean, she may not be happy in this marriage, and sort of that might be a, a thing that she's thinking about, contemplating a way mm. of trying to find some happiness. But it will destroy the relationship ultimately. All right, we got to go to break. Mm. Uh, we will uh, we will get back uh, not to Bill. I'm done with Bill, but we will discuss this. Uh, we'll have a threesome on the topic of the threesome, uh, because there are, you know there's a couple of schools of thought here. This is uh, look if everyone's everyone's adult, everyone's mature, uh, we all agree to it. Uh, right. It's just uh, it's just physical gratification. But, but uh, why is, wouldn't it work is, if everyone's a, mature? It's a male attitude, and it's a prevailing right. cultural right. view uh, that doesn't when take we into come account back, realities uh, of relationships. I will be playing uh, the part of uh, Socrates. Um, <laughs> Patrick uh, will be uh, Plato, and um, Drew, Drew will be uh, Gertrude Stein. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> When you're ready to buy a car, you got to go True Car because True Car is changing car buying forever. Yes, True Car helps car buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. Everyday True Car users receive negotiation free guaranteed savings, and True Car users save an average of $3,221 off of MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. Dr. Drew? First, download the TrueCar mobile app or go to TrueCar.com to find out what others paid for the car you want. 
Then, second, register to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Yes. And third, third it's simple. Take your guaranteed savings certificate to the True Car Certified Dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. With True Car, you can save time, save money, and never, ever overpay. To see how much you can save on the car you want, simply download the True Car mobile app or visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. Uh, Loveline, Adam Carolla, Dr. Drew, Patrick Dempsey, and we'll be back in 10 seconds. This is Loveline on Radio Station. You're my stern but groovy master, Adam. Ah. <laughs> uh. I miss Jennifer all, uh, already. What, what did you work with her on? Uh, we did a pilot of The Player. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you guys, oh, yeah. You guys uh, were down at uh, set. the yeah. Hollywood Center Studios yeah, there. there. Yeah. yeah. What's going on with that? Um, there may be uh, like a six-hour uh, mini-series of it. I don't know. We're, it's still up in the air. So six hours, is that like a nine-parter or something? Yeah, something like that. Like one story over... Ten weeks or six weeks or whatever. I don't but, know. They haven't sort of. Uh, TV's a very topsy turvy world. Uh, everyone does uh, a million projects and then sits around and waits and sees if they get picked up or not. Right. And uh, and then uh, shows like uh, Home Improvement and the Jeff Foxworthy show <laughs> kick ass and right. no one can figure out what the hell's going on anymore. Good test scores, I guess. <clears throat> All right. Uh, oh yes, audience testing. That is the genius of TV. Uh, mm -hmm. Patrick Dempsey, actor and artist, is here tonight. Outbreak uh, with honors. Uh, can't buy me love and. Uh, uh, coming up, Hugo Pool, which will uh, be out. Uh, kind of a dark comedy. Yeah, definitely a dark comedy. Out uh, September. September, I believe. Sometime around that time. Oh, okay. we were talking about threesome. Did we finish that? Uh, yeah, no, we did not. Okay. <laughs> All right, who wants to go first? You guys. Okay. Uh, Patrick, so what is, what is your take on well, threesomes? I'm just sort of taking the other stand here. Is like you're saying that it's a destructive thing. Unless, unless it's just a, in, in, for a relationship, not for a person, right? But, but for this a relationship. Is Relationship, yeah. A relationship is in trouble that starts looking into those sorts of areas as a, a way of gaining satisfaction and intimacy. It's, it's a way of it's a way of destroying intimacy. No, what if particularly for women? What if what women. if everyone's just uh, so mature that they can explore their sexuality and be uh, in a non-threatening way? I mean, uh, it may exist in in theory. I've never seen it in nature. All right, and Patrick, you'd like to rebut that by saying. Well, uh, where do you go? Where do you go from there? Think I about mean, it, and and, and don't think, if you think of examples in your own life, think about people who've had relationships that have continued and grown and continued for long term through something like that, and uh, you don't see them. They they eventually go down in flames. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe. Uh, is there some example that you like to I talk about? I have no uh, personal experience on that, that, so I can't really say uh, what the outcome would be. I can imagine it could be one person would get involved uh, with somebody that w they weren't involved with. The third person coming into the relationship. That's right. The feelings come and out of that. And then all those feelings that you're not really dealing with with your partner are then projected onto that person, and therefore you just begin the cycle again and eventually hit the same point I, where you're experimenting. Somewhere. I think, I, guess, uh, I don't know. For the most part, from what we've heard on this show, uh, people regret it down the road. Uh, they don't regret it if it's uh, a guy who's in a band and a couple of groupies go back to the bus. Uh, and, so you never uh, have to deal with it again. It's a night, it's not a relationship. Night it's in Toledo. Your face. 
whatever. But right. if it's a long-term relationship and they bring in a third party, male or female, there's always some feelings that come from it. At least it seems that way. Mm -hmm. And they usually regret it uh, down the road. So uh, I guess uh, I guess the moral is if you want a threesome, fine. If the relationship you're in is serious, uh, you may be jeopardizing it. All right. Uh, David, 14. Hey, man. Uh, what's up? You guys rule. Thanks. Um, I listen to you guys every night. Um, okay, I think I've got this problem. Um, I, like, make myself pass out. And um, I don't know if it's really a problem or not, but it's, like, sort of addicting. And I just so you, know. you get a little bit of a euphoria from it. Yeah. Yeah. How do you do this? Well, I like um, I like hyperventilate, and then I just like squeeze my neck really tight. Oh uh, well, one of these times, uh, you may not wake up. Really? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. You can't control how you are um, controlling the flow of blood through the brain. You cut it off. If you cut off enough of it, that's it. Well, maybe he'll just be a vegetable or something, okay. true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, David. Oh, boy. Um, it's also it's kind of weird. I was doing it for a while, and then lately I, like, try to do it, and it won't work. But only someone else can do it to me now. Uh, do you have someone doing it to you? Well, not, not now, but, yeah, sometimes. By strangling you? Yeah. What, what are the mind-altering things are you doing? What? What are the things <laughs> you're doing for me? And I've never said this to a 14-year-old listener, but uh, you got to score some drugs. <laughs> I sort of do. Already. You gotta go yeah. down to the park. You yeah. already do. It. You <laughs> really do. Why? Why is life so uncomfortable for you that you need to escape in any way possible? I don't know. It's just like, well, also things at home haven't been that great. Like, yeah, I ran away recently. But sure. I mean that that's what that's what's motivating all of this. I mean it's the only the only relief you get from whatever is going on at home. But why'd you run away? Oh, well, my dad kind of got too physical with me. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. That that's when people run away from home. Uh, where where are you now? Oh, I'm I'm back at home. It was a little while ago. Was your dad drinking when he did this? Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and it sounds like David, the, the the quality of your relationship with substances suggests that you probably have that biochemistry too. Yeah, he almost he also smokes weeds. So. Yeah, yeah, and so you you are probably going to be an addict as well. Okay, so understand that this this motivation to escape right now seems like it's the right thing, but eventually is going to get out of control here. And God knows if you live long enough, if you don't get involved with something that is life-threatening as you're kind of abusing at this level and uh, trying to find ways of escaping the, the unpleasant feelings you're experiencing. Can you go to CA? Uh, Chokers Anonymous? Uh, is there is hey. there any kind of 12-step program for people to strangle themselves? Uh, no. There isn't. I'd mm. like to form a group. Okay. Uh, hey, uh, David. Yeah? You understand what Drew's saying? Yeah. I mean, this will suffice for a while, but eventually you'll stumble onto uh, heroin or something, and then uh, that'll that'll be a little easier in strangling yourself. Yeah. So what are you going to do about your dad? Is he still being uh, physically abusive? No, it was just this one time. What are you going to do about you to get get some kind of help, some kind of way of, of dealing with these feelings in a less destructive way? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Well, can you stop acting out, though? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I also have some friends who do it too, so I don't know if they well, committed it to me. And then it, it, it's not an uncommon thing for people your age to be unhappy. Okay, yeah. so it's, you, not, not people not uncommon for people who are unhappy to congregate together and uh, you know. Yeah, form a form a group mm -hmm. like uh, the Republican Party. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, David. 
Yeah. All right. See, I, you understand. What, you listen to the show enough to know what's going on, yeah. right? You know, your dad drinks a little too much. He he's abusive. Uh, it's not the greatest environment, and you're sort of experimenting on yourself and taking out taking it out on yourself. And you have some energy. And really, what you need to do is uh, I, I hate to sound uh, trite here, but I had a fairly miserable childhood, and I got really into playing football, and I just took all whatever anger, hostility, or uh, negative energy I had, just sort of channeled it into that, and it kept me sane uh, for long enough uh, to move out of the house. Yeah. I screwed up my shoulder, though, but um, at least my windpipe was fine. So, David, you need to find something that you're into and uh, sort of focus on something outside the house and outside of your own uh, neck. And, and just so we can understand here, this, it's not that he's occluding the windpipe, it's that he's occluding the, cr the main arterial blood supply <coughs> of the brain. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. <coughs> so it's not about oxygen? No. Oh, because I, I thought strangling was about oxygen. Some of it's that, but it's also about cutting the this off. Blood off to the, yeah. the brain. But isn't the hyperventil... But he's at hyperventilation. Uh, I don't know why that would add to it so much, but uh, I don't know. But I used to do that hyperventilation thing when I was a kid. And did you ever do that? Squeeze you until you pass out. Yeah. Yeah, I did that as a kid, sure. <laughs> no, I don't know why. I did too. I grew up in a really boring small town, and I, yeah. there was not a lot to do, so... Yeah, it's great. We like, discovered that one afternoon. Hey, hey, I'll I tell you what I'll do. Out. I will, uh, I will pant like a dog who's not uh, had a sip of water in three days. And uh, it, when I peek, uh, let's get uh, Big Larry to come up behind us and get us in a bear hug. And then our, our lifeless body can just uh, fall to the, the gym floor. Right. And then we'll get up 20 minutes later with a, a really bad headache. Really bad headache and like a big thing of drool hanging <laughs> off our chin and go, all right. Yeah, let's do it again. All right. <laughs> Uh, True, you didn't do that? No, but I was aware it was being done. True uh, went to the, uh, let's see, what what uh, academy did you go to? Uh, the uh, Little Lord Fauntleroy School for um, Albino Hemophiliacs? That's it. Yeah, it was a uh, prep school mm -hmm. that Drew went to. He didn't go to a public school. Did you go to a public school? Uh, public school and then to a Catholic school. Oh, really? Mm, which and was really quite interesting. Did you, uh, we were talking on the ride over, and Patrick got his start in showbiz as a uh, juggler mm -hmm. and a vaudevillian mm -hmm. uh, sort of comedian. It rode the unicycle and performed uh, with a traveling <laughs> vaudevillian wow. troupe. Kind of like your beginning. Yeah, except for I clean carpets. Right. But other than that, it was a mirror image of uh, that and all the chicks and the money. It was the, the exact uh, a lot of similarities. same lifestyle, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. Except for when Patrick was uh, 19, he was uh, hammering checks from uh, Miramax, and uh, I was uh, hammering checks. Uh, hammering. <laughs> hammering checks. <Just> hammering. <laughs> I was just hammering nails. Yeah. All right. Uh, Glenn, 27. This is my first time calling. Hi, Patrick. Hi there. How are you? Not bad. Adam. You're all that in Apollo Jean Harvey CD. Dr. Drew, you're doing God's work. I listen to your radio show religiously, so much that when I or someone else has a problem, I think of all the advice you've given to similar problems, and then the problem is solved, and I don't claim to be Dr. Drew. Okay. Could you please play the Dr. Drew Boogie and Shuffle? You want to hear them both? Yeah. Well, we've never played them back to back. Mike's shaking his head. Well, what the hell? Yeah. I don't got anything to say. <laughs> I'm all tapped out. Drew, you have anything interesting to say? We're kind of lull here. It's all right. Yeah. yeah, Patrick, you're burnt out, right? I could go for a little cup of coffee and a little song, sure. Yeah. No, you're going to like this. This is the uh, OCDDs. Oh, These good. are the out-of-context uh, Drew drops. And Engineer Mike has uh, formed them into a bit of a uh, rap. Oh, that's good. Now, Mike, do you want to start off by playing uh, a couple uh, favorite Drew drops uh, before we go right into the oh, song? Only if we hear the Adam Carolla uh, litany there. That, that 
Can we hear that too? What drops you want? Uh, I'd like uh, the Faggot Better Run. Uh, that's one of my personal favorites, and uh, uh, surprised me with a couple of the other ones. Uh, this is when I get Drew to read email, mm -hmm. and um, he's reading it as if uh, he is the person who wrote it, but uh, we don't know that. And Engineer Mike puts it on a separate cart, and then later on, at a, uh, when it's apropos, he'll insert it and confuse people. Uh, you're fat is my favorite, uh -huh. because we'll have some chick call up and say, I don't date, I feel awkward, guys don't pay attention to me, and then all of a sudden you hear Drew's voice going, you're fat, you're overweight. And he goes, well, no, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a little... Uh, Right, and then Drew's apologizing frantically into the mic. You're fat. Thank you. All right. Uh, you got the faggot better run? Faggot better run. <laughs> Ever since I stopped taking Depo-Provera, I've been lactating. When I was 19, I ate about four boiled peyote buttons and stayed up all night but felt no effect. Is it okay to be in love to a guy twice my age? He, he's, uh, he's grooming you for his abuse farm. <laughs> that is one of my favorites, still. <laughs> <laughs> Engineer Mike over there uh, lost 20 pounds. He wants to groom this child for his, uh, you know, abuse farm. <laughs> great bumper stickers. You're easily amused. I really love likes me a lot, but sometimes I'm scared because he is very active. He gives me oral sex. I just give him a hand. <laughs> All right, let's hear. Let's hear the. Uh, let's start with the Drew boogie. All right. Good. All right, uh, just she for you, Glenn. She barely has her senses about her, and then she can relax enough to have sex with me. Dr. Drew is right. Ow! Get down, get down. Asshole. Get down, get down. Get down, get down. You're fat. Get down, get down. If I find you, have sex with me. If you get hurt, have sex with me. Faggot better have sex with me. I want to have sex with me. I was bored, so I had my tongue pierced. I was bored, so I put a spear through my penis. I tried to be straight, or I thought I should be straight, and I was confused. Loser. You know, pee on this makes me sick. It hurts when I urinate. It makes me sick. Anal sex makes me sick. This guy's penis makes me sick. I've had anal sex. Gee, it hurts. I've got these lesions. Gee, it hurts. I'm still a virgin. Gee, it hurts. It's called intimacy. Can I say that? Ow! You're fat. Gay. Confused. Sick. Born. Still a virgin. Dysfunctional. Can I say that? Dr. Drew is right. I, I'm, ho I'm homosexual. I'm freaked out about it. I'm trying to be heterosexual, but I have these overwhelming homosexual feelings. All right, Drew, the mic's hot, please. Um, all right, there it is, the uh, Dr. Drew uh, boogie. And uh, Glenn? Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, uh, not tomorrow, uh, whenever we're on next, <laughs> we'll play the Dr. Drew shuffle. All right, listen, I've monopolized enough airtime. I'm going to go, all right? All right. Hey, hey uh, Glenn. Yeah. You're into guys, right? Yeah, especially you, Adam. Uh, You're, I'm really into you. <laughs> All right. Just want to make sure. That's sarcasm. Oh, it is. Bye-bye now. All right. Don't kid. All right. Unless you mean it. All right. Uh, the Dr. Drew uh, boogie, everybody. Quite amusing, wouldn't you say, uh, Patrick? Yes. Very informative. <laughs> Engineer Mike. <laughs> uh, Patrick Dempsey's our uh, guest tonight, and Sean, who's 28, is on the phone. Hi. Hey. I'd just like to say, Drew, you're my hero. Thank Adam, you. You still make me laugh hysterically. Thank you. I, I have concern about my roommate. Um, well, I don't know if it should be a concern, but uh, I have reason to believe that he is gay. And I'm not sure what to do about it and uh, how I should approach it. Is he your friend? Bring it up. Is he your friend? I'm sorry, what's that? Is he your friend? Yes, he is. Bring it up. I mean, the relationship, you're gonna, it's going to be uncomfortable. And why should he bring it up? Because it bothers him. I, I'm very uncomfortable with it. I mean... I like to think that I'm not homo, you know, homophobic, but at the same time, 
I never thought I'd have to live with one. So, I mean, it's a little bit uncomfortable for me. What What is it that troubles you about it? Just the whole thing. I mean, I'm just worried about, you know, a possibility of some advance being made or something like that or put me in some situation that I'd be very uncomfortable with. If That's interesting. Yeah, what if, about the uncomfortable situation when you ask him if he's gay? Well, that also is a problem. That's why I was hoping that somebody give me some advice and how I might bring that up. You know, I don't want to just be sitting at the table someday and go, so, uh, are you gay? If you were living with a woman, would you be afraid that she was going to somehow seduce you? No, I don't think it'd be a problem. Women are the number one reason today I'm not gay. <laughs> You're gay. <laughs> All right, girl, hold on. Okay. Oh, wait a minute, Sean. Yeah. How long have you known this guy? Um, a few months. A few months? Yeah, about six months. You've been living with him for six months? Um, less. Yes? And, uh... Have you taken uh, quite a few showers since you've lived there? Yeah. You know, walked around in your underwear many a time? Uh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm and he's, he's never done anything? No. No, he's, he's not going to that. But what, why, why do guys have a fantasy that male gay, male homosexuals are somehow going to advance a predator, you know, make him be a predator of some type? Oh, believe me, it's not a fantasy. Yeah, it's wait, a, wait, wait, it's not a fantasy? Why? Well, it doesn't interest me at all. In fact, it's sickening. Well, but that misconception. A misconception. Meaning, we could have a guy uh, call in who was, uh, you know, 350 pounds in the heavyweight uh, collegiate wrestling championship, who was living um, with uh, Richard Simmons, and he would he would be scared that he, well, what if I nod off on the sofa one <laughs> night and he just pins me down and humps me, and I'm uh, shoves a, a sock in my mouth and I can't cry out for help? What is that? I mean, you wouldn't. You, I, I said, John, you wouldn't be afraid if there were a woman living there that she was somehow going to become well, a predator it's in your own house. More acceptable for me since that I am not gay. But you can't. You can't even hear my point, John. Mm. Okay, I'm you're so defensive about this. That that what makes you think that a male homosexual is a different form of human being? That somehow they're going to be a predator in their own home. I don't, I don't, I don't, hmm. Do you, is, am, I, am, I, am I putting the question poorly? No, I, no, I think I understand your question, actually. I don't, I don't think of him as a predator. I just, I don't want to be put into some situation that would make him very uncomfortable. I mean, he, he kids a lot. He jokes a lot. And I can't tell sometimes what is joke and what is based on. All right, I'll uh, figure this out. Um, is the guy neat? No, he's a slob. Oh, he's a slob? Yeah. All right, forget it then. Which he's not gay. Because I, I detest sharing a bathroom with the guy. All right, but, but you know he's not gay. There's no, no gay slobs. I'm telling you, uh, there's no sloppy gays. Well, this guy is an exception to the rule, then. What makes you think he's gay? Uh, just some of the comments he's made, and also the fact that he's had a male friend sleep over a couple of nights. And, you know, the first time I thought, you know, it's no big deal. But then uh, another night, he was supposed to go home. He left. I woke the next morning, tried to wake him up, to let him know it was time to go to work. Went and knocked on the door. It's locked. I hear some scurrying around. Uh, the door finally opens. This friend is sleeping on the floor now with just a blanket and a pillow only and nothing underneath him, nothing like that. And it just, you know, it sounded to me like he hurriedly moved from the bed to the floor. Right. You know, to get some suspicion away from them or something. Okay, like so he may, he, he may be, he may be bi. I have no idea and I don't even want to... All right, but all right, let me give you a scenario. Okay. You confront him on his uh, alleged uh, homosexuality. Mm -hmm. And he says... Why is it uh, your business? Why is it would business? you shut up, girl, and let me finish my uh, damn thing? Yeah. And he says, um, yes, uh, Sean, as a matter of fact, I am gay. I'm glad uh, you brought this up. I'm glad we uh, aired it out. I enjoy men. I don't think I'd be comfortable living with him anymore if, if that came to life. Why? I mean, that may be Why? horribly homophobic of me. I just don't, I don't know, something about it. Just, I thought you said you weren't homophobic. I, I try not to be, and I, I guess maybe in some aspect I must be. I mean, like I said, I would have no trouble working with somebody, associating with somebody, knowing somebody, 
but living with them is a complete, it's a, it's a whole different... You Why? Know. What do you feel? I'm sorry, what's that? What do you feel about living with them? What's your, what's your... I don't think I could do it. Why? You're, you're, I'll tell you what's well, happening. You, you, now, but I mean... All right, John, yeah. John, John, you want the truth? Yes. You don't trust yourself. Yeah, that's it. You're scared you're going to have a six-pack one night. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, uh, check out. There's going to be like some uh, Calvin Klein underwear ad on late night, and you're just going to go, screw it, I'm taking the plunge. Yeah, uh, that's not it. Let me tell you. Sometimes a man just needs to be held. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think that's the case. Uh, I don't know. Sean, mm. let me give you a quick little piece of data. They did some testing. Uh, Drew, we've talked about this before. It's real interesting. <laughs> they did some testing where they took uh, men who were um, homophobic, mm -hmm. and they took men who uh, just could care less, and they put them in a room, and they hooked their genitalia up uh, to some sort of uh, meter or uh, some sort of equipment, and they showed them gay erotica. Mm -hmm. The men who uh, were homophobic, uh, the gay bashers, uh, registered much higher on this equipment watching the gay erotica. Sure. So, he, uh, you know... Be careful, uh, methinks uh, thou uh, protest too much, as uh, Shakespeare would say. Uh, I always worry about anybody uh, who who uh, protests too much. I worry, uh, uh, this is why I don't like evangelists, uh, by the way. Uh, the, the more someone gets up on a pulpit and screams about something, the less I believe they believe it. Right. And the more full of crap I think they are. Mm -hmm. And the more uncomfortable a guy is around a homosexual guy, uh, the more I think he's just uncomfortable around his own sexuality, and this gay man just sort of represents his sexuality. Physically, Th there's really no right. Doubt. There's no doubt about it. But yeah. you know, uh, the fact is, um, Sean may, uh, because of Sean's issues, may need to move out of this situation. It has nothing to do with the roommate. Roommate's just doing his thing. Right. And it's thank God not that he discriminates against the guy or that he dislikes the guy. He's just uncomfortable, and he's uncomfortable what's going on inside <coughs> him. All that being said, I'm sleeping over at your place tonight, Patrick. Oh, uh, the dog's going to be there. <laughs> that's, that's why I'm sleeping over. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, 110 pounds of yeah. uh, Ridgeback loving. Yeah, there you go, Patrick. All right. Sell <laughs> so, so the next call, would you, Andrew? Sarah wants to talk to Patrick. All right. Oh. Loveline will be right back. Why? Because we like you. Kitties, it's Loveline. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. You're gay. <laughs> <laughs> Long-time actor, who's uh, a guy who's been in the business for a million years but isn't, isn't old, uh, Patrick Dempsey, is here. And uh, when we're driving, uh, I picked up Patrick and uh, we carpooled <laughs> to work tonight. Uh, this is a first, by the way. It is I've been good. doing the show for almost two years. I've never uh, picked up a guest. I've uh, picked up a uh, couple guys on the way home, but sure. never on the way into the show. And, they just need a ride. And I wouldn't dare let them talk on the air because of uh, what happened. Sure, of but uh, Outbreak with Honors, uh, Can't Buy Me Love, uh, Loverboy, Mobsters, uh, recently the uh, 20,000 Leagues uh, Under the Sea uh, miniseries that was on, uh, that was CBS, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, ABC. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And uh, uh, Patrick Dempsey is uh, here tonight. Uh, what is this? Oh, this is... Uh, Recipe for Absinthe. Yeah, is this, should we be reading this? Well, it's interesting. It's great, whoever facts it is tremendous information. I appreciate it. Now I feel like I'm at least up to speed. All right, all right. this is absinthe. This is uh, this uh, old uh, elixir. Just read, read, it's interesting what's in it. Just read uh, the list. Vodka, uh, crumbled wormwood, um, 
uh, anise seed. What is that? Anisette. Anisette? Uh, how do you say that? Anisette. I, I don't I see a T in there. there. There's no T in there. Oh, anise. Anise. Fennel seed, cardamom pods. Lavender thyme. Majoram, ground coriander, chopped angelica root, and this, a lot of sugar. This is wow. a uh, Simon Garfunkel song, isn't yeah. it? Uh, sage, uh, oh, who the hell? Hey, listen, hey, hey, look, if you, if, you, if you put half of this crap in the blender and shotgunned it down with a, uh, with a little vodka, you'd be effed up. There's no doubt about it. No Thank you. Spicy, Thank God. you, Lisa. It was uh, Engineer Mike's uh, it is now. birthday. Uh, how old are you, Engineer Mike? 30. 30 years oh, old no. and uh, doesn't look a uh, day over 25. Can still fit into his uh, junior prom dress. All right. That was all. Sarah, 17. Hi, Dr. Drew. Hi, Adam. Hey. I just want to say, you guys rock my world. Thank you. Much love. Okay, and now my, my question is for Patrick. Ah, um, yes. I'm pursuing an acting career, mm. and when I go to, like, auditions and callbacks and stuff, right. I get, like, really, really nervous, mm. and I'm really insecure about the way I look. Right. And that adds to it. Mm. So, I mean, do you have any tips about how I could, like, get around that? And she's 17. You're 17. Yeah. No, I, you know what? I have an audition tomorrow, and I'm going through the same thing you're going through right now. I don't think you ever get over it. You end up learning how to manage it, you know, so you can sort of function. But you're always going to have to deal with fear. You're always going to have to deal with, like, somebody's always going to look better than you. How, but and how that's are you, part of it. How are you auditioning these days? I mean, you're not just auditioning, yeah, you gotta auditioning. Go in. you got to go in and do a reading for something, for a part you want. But they asked, they asked for you, right? Yeah, they asked for me, but you still got to go in and, you know, read sometimes. You know, Adam, you have that experience. And then they just... <laughs> <laughs> and they just say, okay, they're, they're done. After I've that. done it a few times. They just break down laughing uh, halfway into it. And usually by the time we're done, they go, you know what? I still really enjoy your work on Love Live. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what, what's the matter with your look, Sarah? Oh, well, you know, I'm like, you know, there's uh, improvements that could be made. Well, but at, at 17, 18, 19, everyone that age feels that way. Mm. Okay. Yeah, tremendous I'm, preoccupation. I mean, is there is there some? What kind of parts are you going out for? Well, um, I just had a like a movie audition, actually a callback for a movie last Sunday, mm. and I like blew it completely because I was really intimidated mm. by just the looks of the other girls and stuff. And then come to find out, I got the part anyway. But wow. I mean, it was just I don't know. I I felt like so intimidated, mm. and I like it really affected my mind. Oh, but like, you, but this is listen, Sarah. Okay. Uh, I know this is Patrick's question, but um, there's yeah, really no explaining this away. This is a very natural tendency. Happens all the time. A, even a guy like Patrick, who's been uh, acting for, you know, 13, 14 years right. now, uh, still gets the butterflies when he goes in for the audition. Sure. And it's something you just have to sort of uh, use as motivation, and uh, it's never going to go away. When no. it goes away, man, that's when you get out. Yeah, because I think what, what's a good thing is that <laughs> you really care. You know, you care that you want to get the part, so you're, you know, trying very hard. But I think the, th the key is to just remember to breathe, first of all. Okay. And, um, you know, they want you to come in, you know, and give, they want you to get the job for them. Uh -huh. You know, so you're there, and basically all you can do is just do your homework, and um, by doing your homework and having something to focus on, it takes your mind away from your insecurities and your fear, so that you can sort of channel it in and uh, do a good, good performance. Sarah, uh -huh. do you have uh, do you have any scripts there in front of you? No. Do you uh, do you know any plays? Yeah. All right, um, you want to do a scene from, like, um, I don't know, Annie Get Your Gun or... Our, our Town. Our Town with uh, with the great Patrick Dempsey. Oh. 
I don't know any of like those big plays or anything. Right. How nervous did you get with that question? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty nervous. Yeah, me too. I can't believe it. Oh my gosh. All right, Sarah, you're 17. Uh, you'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, show up prepared. Uh, breathe and um, an oral sex. Oh my God. Well, I'm saying, do you want the part or not? <laughs> oh, Adam. Please, come on. please, it's time to get real. You don't need to sell yourself. That's how, that's, how, that's how Patrick got his first role, oh, please. Come on. That's why he's on the show tonight. What are you talking about? Yuck. All right, all right. All right, I was just kidding, baby. Well, thank you so much. Okay. You're welcome. Don't worry about it. Okay. All right. Thanks. All right. It's, it's a tough profession, this acting profession. And there's a. Uh, here's the thing about. Uh, well, I'll tell you the big difference between, like, acting and radio. In, uh, in the acting profession, there's a lot of really talented mm -hmm. people that aren't working. Right. That's <laughs> true. It's really, there's a lot of really untalented people who are working. Who work all the time. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, please, all you actors, get in the radio. Uh, I mean, w I know quite a few actors and have ran in a few circles with some people that were just amazing talents that were, you know, bartenders and waitresses, and, um, you know, they'd uh, send out their headshots and try to get representation and watch them. A lot of amazingly talented people who, uh, who really can't make a living at it. Right. Um, and it's, it's, I guess you have to do it because you love it, because there's a good chance it may not work out. Yeah, completely. Jenny, 14. Hello? Hey. Hey. Okay, um, about a month ago... Um, my best friend came over after school, and her boyfriend showed up. Okay, I knew he was coming, but she didn't. And he knocked on the door, and she answered the door. And we were just sitting there watching TV, and we didn't. And I knew he was coming over, but she didn't. And so she wasn't. She wasn't expecting him. So and you were sort of caught. What? I mean, you invited your your friend's boyfriend to come over. Yeah. And we're sort of caught doing that. Yeah. And we walked her home because she got a little upset. And he broke up with her right before she, right before we walked her home. And um, so we came home. We came back to my house. And we got intoxicated. And we got high. And we ended up... Um, <laughs> Having sex? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Drew's reading for the wallet, and so am I. Hold on there, Jenny. Okay. All right, it's gambling time on Loveline. Uh, Patrick, did you bring any money? Uh, no. Come on. You didn't, you didn't advise him. You didn't prepare him properly. No, what, no what is, what's this? We're gambling. Do you have money at home, Patrick? Yeah, I do. Can I run you an IOU? Are you serious? Because I'll front you a buck. Okay, front me a buck. All right. And it's going to be real embarrassing when I actually ask to come in. Uh, listen, I need that dollar. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm going to do it. Okay, good. All right. Uh, I'm fronting a buck for um, um, actor extraordinaire Patrick Dempsey. Now, <laughs> I said that, said that like I meant it. Yeah, yeah. No, I've, I've, I, uh, I really, I've always been a fan of your work. Oh, thank uh, you. I, 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 like, uh, like um, with honors, yeah. uh, best thing in the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, even with uh, Joe Pesci was in that movie, it made Joe look like some sort of uh, amateur. There you go. <laughs> All right. Um, Jenny. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to gamble on Jenny's past. Okay. Uh, she uh, invited her uh, best friend's boyfriend. Nope. He's got it. He's got oh. uh, sexual abuse. Sexual abuse. There you right. go. All right. Here's a, uh, here's a thinking man. Drew. I'll go last. 
Okay. Go. Uh, I'm going to go with... Wait, that was my bet. That was one. Okay. Right. You're going you're with good. sexual abuse. Okay. Well... Uh, who abused her sexually? Um, father, stepfather, something like yeah, that. Yes. So nearby. Right. Nearby. Okay. I am going um, with um, uh, dad out of the picture uh, early, uh, real early, um, and uh, never male figure around, looking for attention. Go ahead, Drew. Uh, lots of siblings, maybe even became a foster child at one point. Okay. Jenny. Hello. What happened? Um, none of you are right, though. Oh. I'll do that now. Um, What's your past like? Perfectly fine. Uh-huh. We'll be the judge of that. Where's your parents? Um, they are here now, but they weren't. Uh-oh. Drew, wait, hands off the money. What do you mean they weren't? Jenny. Jenny. Yeah. Is that your foster mother? No. Okay. What uh, What happened? What do you mean they weren't around? Um, when, okay, when all this took place, they were out of town. They were in Reno. <laughs> and all right, let's, uh, I wanna, uh, let's turn the uh, calendar back. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, when you were, um, are your parents still married? Yes, they are. They are. My dad's a very bad alcoholic, though. Okay. So. Oh, damn. Damn. We always, uh, uh, I, your dad's a bad alcoholic. Very bad. Did, did he ever abuse you? No. He never uh, never struck you in any way? Oh, well, yeah, oh, Except but, for that. Yeah. All right. It never really. That is really All right, So you basically have a storybook childhood, except for the part about your dad being an out-of-control alcoholic and physically abusing you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's perfect. Other than that, it's uh, really uh, what dreams are made of. All right. So, uh, did he ever sexually? No. Did anybody else ever sexually abuse you? No. No. Mm -mm. Um, inside or outside of the family, nothing. Nothing. And uh, so, real the the real problem is is your dad is is an alcoholic. Yeah. Did you did you is this the first time you had sex? Um, no. How old were you when you first had sex? Twelve. And who was that that did that? What? How was the person that did that to you? Fifteen. Hmm. Boy, that's right on the border. I, I, uh, I mean, any time somebody who is uh, well into puberty has sex with a twelve-year-old, I would, I would consider that abuse. It's getting there. To a, it's, uh, close. it's if the guy was sixteen and you were twelve, it would be hands down abuse. Fifteen is real cuspy, but any time mm -hmm. a twelve-year-old is having intercourse, I believe there's uh, a, that is a form of abuse. It's yeah. usually the case. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, um, so here's here's what we're getting at. We we knew something was up, Jenny. Yeah. This is not uh, normal um, adjusted behavior. Uh, having a drunken intercourse at fourteen uh, with your best friend's boyfriend. You understand that, right? Yeah. Just because. It, no. All right. So you've had a lot of stuff go on in your past, and now you're sort of acting out. Yeah. Right? But, but and, you, but, and, yeah. Hold on. And it's going to get worse. You'll just continue acting out until you either get pregnant or, or get killed or get hooked on uh, some drug or uh, some abusive husband uh, pistol whips you one night in a, in a drunken rage. Yeah. Hey, all right. I mean, so you're, you're, you have to stop acting out. You also have I to, got control of this. You also have to drop your denial about your family. You, you must get through and acknowledge what really is going on yeah, there. Because we said that's what's motivating. She this. said everyone's wrong. My family was fine. Everything's perfect. Perfect. She said the word perfect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Jenny, it wasn't perfect, was it? No. No. All right. So as Drew said, drop the denial. Be realistic with yourself. Uh, understand you're acting out. Yeah. And um, see what you can do about not 
acting out on these impulses, which aren't good ones, which uh, may feel good temporarily, right. but eventually uh, you're going to get screwed. You're going to get pregnant. Uh, you're going to get uh, you know, AIDS. You're going to get whatever. And every time you do this, your esteem drops down a notch. There's a big price to be pray, paid for, <clears throat> for doing this to yourself. All right. Uh, is that a push? Yeah. No one wants alcohol. Uh, we're, we're all in the arena, but missed the mark. Boy, right. yeah, we're really, really we're warm there. Mm. So hurt. is there, like, you talk to your counselor at school or something like that? Well, yeah, I, I mean, yes, yes, she can. And yes, if she had the resources to get there ships which are stable and healthy and try to take care of yourself and not look for fixes for how you're feeling all right we'll be back with uh dr drew patrick dempsey and uh adam Carolla all after this the phone number for mm-hmm. all right uh it is love line I'm Adam Carolla. That is Patrick Dempsey, and he is none other than Dr. Drew. Screw the phone number, screw the fax number. We will uh, go back to the phones, unless Engineer Mike wants to play uh, the uh, Adam doesn't have it. doesn't have it. Oh, doesn't have it? He er- erased it. Why did he erase it? I don't know. I liked that. I liked it, too. Why'd you erase it, Mike? That must have taken you three hours to put together. What? What is it you think we're talking about? I thought uh, Drew wanted to hear the, um, the everyone mispronouncing my name, saying uh, it's Adam Carolla for uh, Loveline doing, doing the breakers. Well, I, see, I just kind of threw that together during a break once. Well, we and thought I didn't it was funny. It. On the oh, computer. Oh, you had it on the computer? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was funny. I can do it again. I'll do it better, stronger, faster. Okay. Uh, well, then give us a shot of a uh, drunken Donna Dierico. Uh, <laughs> that uh, and all will be right. Gratify us. Please. Uh, oh, Mike's up on his He's up off his seat now. Oh, that's on a reel? Donna Dierico's not on a cart? I haven't put it on a CD yet. What the hell is going on in there? Ann, please. What? He's already made one CD. We're making another CD. We're in the transition. But they weren't originally on cards. About what's going on here, all right? All right, all right. Just tend to all right, you um, you get your Estee Lauder catalog, and we'll go back to the show. Tanya, twenty-two. Hi. Um. Okay. Here's my problem. My sister had an abortion recently, and she lives with my mom, but she won't tell them. Um. And she's really regretting it and depressed and all now. And I don't know if I should tell my mom or not. I mean, my husband says to tell her because the doctor was really rude and everything and made really rude comments. And oh, the doctor made rude comments? Well, he, he told her, oh, this might make you feel kinky. And then he told her, oh, well, I'm not the one that got myself knocked up. And <laughs> Was this Drew? Hardly. No. no. Okay. Uh, how old is your sister? She's... Wait, I don't, I'm not understanding. Why do you want to tell the parents? Well, she's very immature. I mean... All right, uh, let, 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 let's cut to the chase here, Tanya. Uh, your sister borrowed uh, a sweater too many when you were young and stole a boyfriend or two from you, and it's uh, payback time. Wrong. <laughs> Please, Tanya. I didn't live at home when I was younger. <laughs> Where'd you live? Uh, out with friends. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> Boy, mm. we could do some gambling oh, again easy, here. Easy. Uh, That's a slam dunk. <laughs> yeah. But, Tanya, listen. 
you want to tell your folks that your younger sister had an abortion. Right? Right? It sounds so bad. You, well, well, why? Why, why? Do you, why do you want to tell them? Because she is very unstable right now. Mm-hmm. And why would... She won't listen to me or anybody else. She won't go see a counselor. She won't... So you're saying that the, the fact that she had abortion has destabilized her moods? Is that I'm what's happening? Sure. And that you're trying to blame it on the way she was treated by the personnel at the abortion clinic? No. Tanya, it's okay to spit it out. We're just trying to understand what you're asking us. Okay. No, it's just, I'm the only person that knows other than a couple of her friends. And she's just not quite all together there now. And so since the abortion, something has happened to her psychiatrically, okay? Yeah. Okay. Was she all together there before the abortion? Uh... Yeah, she just... All right. It's real common, Tanya, for women to have lots of mood disturbances after an abortion for multiplicity of reasons. There's tremendous hormonal changes after you go from a pregnant state to suddenly being unpregnant. There is a biological kind of a loss of the attachment that people have for the child that is highly underestimated. And there really is a true psychological element to this where people feel guilty and uh, a lot of conflicted feelings about abortion. It's altogether... Women are altogether too unprepared for this. It's, our culture does not prepare women for exactly how, how devastating abortion could potentially be, not just psychologically, but biologically. And if she already was unstable, it may sort of upset the apple cart, so to speak. But I don't think the, a, a young woman, a 20-year-old, should necessarily be being cared for by her parents. I think it's maybe if you want to help her get to some treatment See, for her affective disorder, go do that. Help your sister. Don't involve your parents necessarily. And, uh, I don't trust your parents as far as I can throw them. Right, they're part of the problem. You're here. the one who uh, moved out with a band of gypsies when you were 11, right, Tanya? Uh, not kind of. Sorry. All right, 14. <laughs> All right, so uh, what kind of parenting was going on over there? I just didn't get along with them. Okay. Yeah, we, we call that physical abuse in most circles. No, it was more... They drink and... Uh, that was about it. Oh, okay. So, I mean, these, you know, it's uh, it's not like your your, your mom's uh, living, uh, not like your sister's living with, uh, you know, Joyce Brothers and um, and uh, Leo Buscaglia or something. I mean, uh, the libel will just get loaded and swatter one. Now, I'd like some points for thinking of a popular male psychologist, uh, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Tanya, I'm known yet, as the idiot of the uh, show. Yet Patrick. again, you have yet to give me a single reason why your parents should necessarily uh, be involved. Because she ruined a sweater when she was 14 well, at first. Or I'm telling you. Uh, because I think I live a long way away. I live 3,000 miles away. And I'm, I know, but yet I can't get there and help her and try to be there for her. But again, the issue is not the abortion, is that she is, she's become ill psychiatrically and she needs to get help. The parents aren't necessary, aren't absolutely necessary for that to happen. Get her to help. Help her get what she needs. Or tell the parents that she needs help emotionally. Well, but, but these parents may not be. Yeah. Well, all right, not these parents. Uh, tell the neighbor's parents. Uh, yeah, because if you sort of rat her out to these people who are abusive or the same people who drove you out of the house at 13, uh, they're not going to do anything for her, and uh, they're liable to turn on her, and she's for sure going to turn on you. And I never trust anyone's motivation for ratting anyone out. No. 
It's uh, they always say it's always uh, couched in. I care so much about her. I felt she needed to know her boyfriend was cheating or whatever it is. And this is why Adam gets so angry with you. Oh, Anne over there. Oh, Anne, whenever there's a bachelor party, uh, it is Anne's job to uh, float around from wife to wife to wife, uh, alerting. Uh, them to what their husbands were up to in Vegas, and uh, don't give me anything to tell. Uh, listen, I listen. find this is a despicable uh, character flaw. This is Why? this is a character they flaw. Do you understand that? Oh, Anne. Oh, baby, you they got you. You got to spend place. some time in the mirror, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you really got to look into that. Oh, Anne. You weren't at his bachelor party. I was so. I was there uh, when the golden uh, shower was going on. Uh-huh. That's when I yelled my famous line. <laughs> she said, uh, the guy they were talking about, I won't mention his name because they almost got divorced uh, because Ann felt it necessary that his wife uh, know what was going on in Vegas. Uh, the hooker got over this guy's head. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I shouldn't say hooker. Right? The young lady, uh, the young uh, dancer, uh, got over this guy's head while he laid on his back, uh, took beer, dumped it uh, down her chest. It followed the uh, contour of her body until it got down to the uh, big well at the bottom sure. and then dripped right off of that into his mouth. Okay. Uh, this was called like uh, uh, the golden waterfall. And then uh, I yelled, uh, drunken, of course, uh, from the uh, love seat uh, 10 feet away, give him the mudslide. <laughs> Which you really had to be there and you had to be loaded, but uh, really worked. It was good humor. Uh, it's important to know your audience, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, Melissa. I'm done. Hi. Hey, you're 21, and we're almost out of show. I'm going home. Yeah. All right. You can't achieve a uh, satisfying climax. No. With I your boyfriend. Uh-huh. I can't. Uh, is, have you ever had one with a man? No, he's the first person I've ever had sex with. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, oral sex, oral sex, uh, oral sex. Did I mention oral sex? Yes. All right. That That is your key to happiness. Patrick? Well, that's a way to start. I think you just have to, you know, have him, whatever he's doing, to sort of become a little more sensitive to what you need and where the sensation of course, is in she, your body. She has to know, of course, what that is. How right. to manage well, it I've been dating this guy for about four years, and we've been having sex for about three. And so it's not like I don't know what's going on. And when we were first dating, there was no problem. All right, can oh, you mean you had orgasms? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, and it's gone away. Yeah. All right, then that's an emotional thing. Yeah, the relationship. Well, the important. relations, that's the weirdest part. And see, my question is, is I plan on marrying this young man. All right, bad idea. And Let I me just, tell you, your, um, your body's telling you something Do different. not argue with the clitoris. It is, it is sending you a clear message. Uh, uh, we have to go to break, but women work on a more psychological uh, level. Emotional. Uh, emotional. Uh, sorry, mo emotional level. Uh, meaning a, a guy uh, could be at a funeral, but if you hooked a dustbuster up to his penis, he would eventually have an orgasm. Uh, a woman, it's, it's very emotional. They really need that end of it. And if you're having orgasms, uh, you know, uh, fast and furious at the beginning of a relationship, and then for no good reason they start, st they start drying up on you, mm -hmm. it's, an, it's an emotional thing. All right, uh, we'll be back. Okay. Yo, G, the phone number for Love Line is 1-800-LOVE. Hi, this is Clive Barker, and you're listening to Love Line with Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla. 
Carolla. Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. You're really craving. I'm so craving right <laughs> now. So need a cigarette. That guy is cool. All right, uh, Mike, do you have Donna DiArco just uh, just for Patrick? And this is Donna DiArco from Baywatch. <laughs> that sounds right. Donna oh, DiArco, guys, she had a few drinks yeah, uh, in here. That's all right. The top came right off. Uh, the tongue loosened up, but so did the blouse. Mm. All right. Uh, Patrick Dempsey, uh, thank you very much. Uh, Hugo Poole is the name of the movie out in September. And I'll tell you what, Patrick. Yeah. How about just like two or three days a week, I'll pick you up and drive you in here <laughs> sure, with I'll me. Sure, come in three or four times a week. Yeah, hang out. You become, a, you become a fixture. Yeah, I'd love to. All right. Uh, seriously, uh, whenever uh, the movie comes out, and I guess it will be in uh, September, you come in there and I'll come back. we'll plug away. Okay. All right. Uh, Dr. Drew. No, mm. right. uh, I want to thank Anne. I want to thank uh, the beautiful Sherry. Uh, the beautiful uh, Sherry lost uh, uh, companion. It was a uh, kitty cat that was like, uh, what was it, like 15 years old or something? 17. Six, 17? Oh, no. And what is that in kitty years? Is it seven, six, seven years or something? 119. Right, the thing was, uh, no. how old is it? What are cat years? A dog years are seven. What's a cat year? I don't know. The cat years are... Is that the same as dog years? I don't know. They uh, don't correspond directly. They age, or they age a lot quicker early in life because you know they they have to be. uh, It's called precocial youngsters. That's a rough life a cat has. You you, you grow you grow up fast. You grow up hard. Uh, It's not easy. Uh, all right, so uh, anyway, our condolences go out to the uh, not only Sherry, but the, the Katz family. And until next time, this is Adam Carolla for Dr. Drew saying mahalo. And this is Donna Yeriko from Baywatch. That guy is cool! This has been Loveline. The opinions expressed herein are certainly opinions, that's for sure. If you'd like a written transcript of today's program, you probably should have written it down yourself. And if you did, we'd like a copy. Loveline producer Ann Wilkins. This broadcast was copyright 19. 19- 97 Westwood One Entertainment. This music is MXBX on Tooth and Nail Records. Said Obo. Obo, stop dragging your butt across the carpet. Uh-huh. This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.